And these are the tried and true things that in my 15 years of teaching creative writing have always worked. Always, always, without fail, one or all of these five things. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. I have been gathering your questions that you have been sending me via Instagram and email, and I wanted to answer one of the biggest questions that I get as a writing coach today, and that is, how do I write when I don't want to write? (laughs) So today we are going to talk about that. And a super helpful thing, if you are a writer, but you're not writing, is to join other people in a class. So I am leading Publish the Personal again. It is my most popular class. It always sells out. It's got such an amazing group of people who have continued to keep signing up, and then we always get new people, so you'll be in a workshop group with amazing feedback givers, and it's amazing what the people in the class have done. They've gotten published in major magazines. They've been in the New York Times. They've been in the Washington Post. They have been in Brevity. They've been in Longreads. They have been in Memoir Magazine. They have been nominated for Pushcart Prizes. They have won contests. They've been on podcasts, including this one. (laughs) So if you want to write and get published, definitely check that out. And that class begins on August 25th. So you'll want to head on over to nadinekennyjohnstone.com under the workshops tab and sign up. Spots are already filling up. Now, we've all heard of writer's block And to be completely honest, I don't believe in writer's block. I don't think that suddenly our brains go empty and are blocked. Elizabeth Gilbert has a really amazing TED Talk called Your Elusive Creative Genius. And she talks about how, you know, it's interesting how writers have this thing called writer's block, but in other professions, it's not like, oh, got chemical engineering block today. (laughs) And uh, you should totally check out her TED Talk if you want to hear more about that. But I am sympathetic to the fact that we all get to a point where we feel like we don't have ideas or we feel overwhelmed, or we feel pressure, and that causes us to feel stifled. That is something that I fully believe in because I've experienced it myself. So let's rephrase writer's block in a different way. What it really is, is a culprit (laughs) that's stealing your creativity that's really totally based out of fear, overwhelm, and pressure. So whenever we think about our writing and 
we are like, oh, I just don't want to do that. Oftentimes it's because it seems like it's so much work. Other times we look at the writing and we feel like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do that. And that's because we feel our perfectionist coming in saying, if you're going to do this, it better be good. And what's the point of doing it if it's not good? And then the other kind of thing that happens is that we just look at the blank page and our minds feel blank and we feel like we don't have ideas. And that's because we haven't really mined our memories or imagination in a creative way. So today I'm going to talk about all three of those culprits and what we can do about them. Okay, so let's dive in. First and foremost, when I am working one-on-one with a writer, I always kind of feel out this question, which is, what season are they in right now? Every writer is in a different stage or season, and I'm not talking about beginner, intermediate, advanced. I'm talking about that we, throughout our weeks, months, years, go through different seasons of the type of writing process that we're in. So sometimes we're in a stage where we are writing a bunch of scenes. Other times we're in a stage of we're trying to put scenes or chapters together to create something longer, more unified. Other times we're trying to work our way through the murky middle of something. Other times we're trying to finish something. Other times we're trying to revise something and pitch it and get it out there and get published. And sometimes we're doing a bunch of different things simultaneously and we're working on multiple projects Every writer is in a different season at any given point. And when I come across a writer who feels really, really stuck, and I see that they're just not meeting their goals, they say they want to do something, but despite their best efforts and trying to set aside time in their schedules, they're just not prioritizing the writing or they're having fits and starts and they're just not staying committed. This is what I say to them. I say, stop. Stop everything. I don't want you to do anything, actually. (laughs) I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to write paragraphs right now. Nope. You don't have to do that at all. And at first they look stricken and they say, what? What do you mean? But, you know, like ideally I'd like to write for like three hours every day. And I say, yeah, but even though you've had that goal, you're not writing like one hour a week. So let's just stop. Let's just stop for a second and see what's going on. Again, they're kind of like, huh? And I say, okay, I want you to use the next, and this varies person to person. I might say few days, week, month, summer. I want you to use this next bit of time 
for delightful idea gathering. What does that mean? I say, I want you to just walk around the world as an observer. And anything that is interesting should go in the notes section on your phone. Even if you are someone who really hates technology, odds are you have your phone on you at all times. And there is the note section. And that's where you can create a note that just says idea gathering or little glimmers. That's what Pam Houston calls them, glimmers. And I just want you to notice that your only job this season or summer, just walk around the world noticing what's interesting. You do not at all have to think about how could this make a good scene, story, essay, book, article. Nope. Just notice what is interesting to you. What makes you go, hmm, interesting? Write it down. And you're like a person walking around the world, just catching all of these butterflies, (laughs) looking at them, and then releasing them again, right? It's just like you're letting it land on you, you're looking at it, and then you're going, okay, fly away, little butterfly, fly away. And when I say this to a writer, I see their face light up. They're like, really? That's all I have to do? That sounds fun. That sounds joyous. I already kind of observe things as I walk around. So maybe I should just pay attention to that and write it down. Yep, that's all you have to do. And this gives them such freedom that it takes the pressure off. And because the bar is set so low, they often end up exceeding it automatically, very quickly. So say I'm like, "Mm, write down three new ideas a week that you, you know, look around the world and collect, write just three of them down a week. They come back to me with a list of 20. (laughs) But the goal is to set that bar low. So can you, if you're feeling stuck, just give yourself the job for the next week or month or season that this is going to be a season of delightful observation? Writers often forget that collecting observations is a major part of writing. Writing is not always writing. (laughs) Writing is walking and observing and looking and ruminating and pondering. That is part of writing. I give myself a daydreaming duty, task, job, often, where I have to allow myself when I'm sitting with my journal to say, okay, for the next however long, 15 minutes, you just get to daydream. And usually I do this when I'm near nature. I do it a lot when I'm in Door County or if I'm on a retreat somewhere. Okay, just sit in front of this beautiful field or near these trees or by this water. You just get to daydream. And if 15 minutes feels really long, try five, say five, okay? Okay. 
You just get to stare off into space. Without fail, as you're looking around, daydreaming, letting yourself kind of lose yourself in your mind, you will notice things. Or your subconscious will finally go, oh, thank goodness I'm not being put to work. Here's this interesting thing that I've been waiting for the perfect moment to let you know about. Our brains, our creative brains, need to not always be processing practical information. They need space to play and to have energy to come up with things. Daydreaming is a real thing. So can you give yourself the job of either collecting observations or daydreaming as your job or both? Make it really low stakes, no pressure. That's the whole point. Just daydream. If something comes up, great. If nothing comes up, well, you got to relax for five minutes and look at some cool nature. Awesome. (laughs) Next thing, number two. Here's what we can do when we don't want to write. Again, it's going to sound very, very obvious. Don't write. (laughs) Go do something else creative with your hands. Whenever I have come off of a big writing project and I really don't want to put pressure on myself to develop the next right thing right away or... Oppositely, if I'm working on a writing project and it's feeling overwhelming and daunting and I need to give myself some distance from it, I sign up for a class to do something else with my hands. This summer, I am taking a four-day intensive pottery workshop. Four days, nine to four, (laughs) making pottery. I don't care what I make. I don't care if it's good. I just want to do something else creative with my hands. Creativity begets creativity. Looking at creation makes us creative. Hmm, imagine that. When I was finishing up my memoir and I felt like my brain was so fried And of course, it would be great if right at that point I was coming up with articles in order to promote the memoir and so on and so forth. But I knew my brain just needed some rest. I signed up for a screen printing class. This was in Chicago at an awesome art studio in Ravenswood called Lil Street, L-I-L-L. Oh, gosh, it was one of my favorite places to go. Just imagine this big building where you could do jewelry making and pottery and screen printing and all these cool things. And then on the first floor, they had a gallery and a shop and they sold jewelry and paintings and pottery. But they also made pie there and they sold slices of pie. (laughs) So every time you walked in, it smelled like cherry pie or chocolate pudding pie and then you're surrounded by art like what could be better (laughs) I used to do a ton of writing there anyway I signed up for a screen printing class and I had no idea what I wanted to make I had no agenda and I went to it 
And for whatever reason, I decided to draw a train. At that point, my son was into trains big time. He was like two and a half years old. And I drew this train and I loved the colors blue and red. And then I wanted to write words on it because that was part of the screen printing and um, adding some font. And I just remembered that when our son was born, my husband said to him, hey, little guy. And our son looked up at him with the biggest eyes like, I know that voice. I know you. You're my dad. (laughs) So I had these like cloud puffs coming from the train, right? As you would see in an old train. And so in those three cloud puffs, I had, hey, little guy. So they were kind of trailing behind the train. And I love it. It's been hanging in Gio's room forever. And it allowed me the freedom to just do something different. And it was a reminder to me that I'm a creative person, not just a writer, but an artist, a creative. So can you do something else with your hands? Gardening is a great option. Jewelry making, painting, um, doing something with robotics, building Legos. We went and saw an amazing Lego exhibit about, I don't know, a month and a half ago in Chicago. And this artist just built his whole career out of making things out of Legos. He would make replicas of famous works of art out of Legos. He made the Mona Lisa. He made the Scream. All of these out of Legos. And then he did three-dimensional work, a giant hand Um, you know, faces out of Legos. Do something creative with your hands and it will allow your brain to be in flow state, which will allow it this sort of background rest and also idea sparking. That's what happens. Okay, so you don't want to write. Number three, what should you do? go for a walk. (laughs) Go for a walk, go for a walk, go for a walk. Whenever I don't want to write and I want to still kind of work out a story or an essay, I take it for a walk. And I let my writer voice come through verbally in my brain, but I'm not adding the pressure that I have to write it with a pen or type it out. I just tell my story in my head as I'm walking and I see what comes and I kind of build the story as I go for the walk. So for example, I one time wrote an essay about crepes and I was like, oh, what is this essay about? And I was trying to figure it out and I went for a walk And I was like, I'm just going to take this story for a walk and see what comes. And the voice in my head kept saying, loosen the edges, flip quickly. This was a line where I was watching a crepe being made and the cook was teaching the apprentice how to make the crepe. And he said, loosen the edges, you know, with the spatula and flip quickly. 
And so that phrase, I had it in my head and I took it for a walk and I'm like, what is that about? What is that about? What is that about? And I kept thinking about how when I first moved to Chicago as a graduate student, I was just so in love with the city. I was so delighted to be independent, living in a teeny tiny studio apartment uh, the size of a shoebox. It was so bad, but I didn't care. It was amazing. And I had such a meager budget, but I wanted one day to treat myself to something. So I took myself out for a crepe, a Nutella crepe. And I was trying to tap into that feeling of what it's like to just give in to your heart's desires, to move out of your parents' house and move into a tiny studio apartment, even though they say you should be saving money, but what it felt like to just follow my heart, what it felt like middle of the day, random Tuesday to go treat myself to a crepe and then eat dessert slowly and savor it by myself. And it was like I was giving myself permission to be impulsive, but not impulsive in a bad way, in a good way, impulsive in the way that I want to ask myself, what do I want? And then I want to do it. And it felt like I was loosening my edges and flipping quickly. And I realized that on the walk, I was walking and I was like, what is this story about? What is it about? It's not about a crepe. You can only read so much about a crepe. (laughs) Ah, it's about giving into our desires. That's what it's about. See, that happened over the walk. It would not have happened if I sat there gritting my teeth at my laptop, blank screen going, come on, come on, (laughs) right? Fourth idea, what to do when you don't want to write. 10 minute timer. And then these three prompts, longhand in a journal. I remember, I don't remember, or I'm looking at. These are from Natalie Goldberg, wise sage that she is. Amazing mother of creative nonfiction. So many great books she has written about the creative process. Writing Down the Bones, Old Friend from Far Away. So many good ones. And always, always, I took a workshop with her in Santa Fe. She says at all of her workshops, okay, you have nothing to write about? Set your timer and do this flow writing, not stopping, longhand in your journal. 10 minutes, I remember, and then go, whatever comes to your mind. Okay, you want to do something else? 10 minutes, I don't remember. And it seems like, well, how can I write about what I don't remember? You'll be shocked at what comes out. Okay, 10 minutes, I'm looking at, I'm looking at. Just describe what's in front of you. Now, some of you may say, but I'm not writing nonfiction. I'm writing fiction. So it's not about me. No, but what do your characters remember? 10 minutes, go. What do your characters not remember? What are they looking at? Before long, you will get some great ideas on the page and The timer is because it needs urgency. 
your creativity does not want to have all day. It's too unfocused for that. (laughs) Your creativity actually doesn't want all the time in the world. Like, I think I, like many people back in the day, used to say, oh, what I would give to be a full-time writer. I cannot be a full-time writer. If I have all the time in the world, I will waste it away. I give myself urgent blocks of time. And then I use the other time to do my coaching or teaching or retreats. Because if I give myself all the time in the world, I waste all the time in the world. Writers need urgency. The 10 minutes takes away the perfectionist. It takes away the dilly-dallying, the I'll just do laundry, 10 minutes. And then the timer will go off and you'll say, oh, but I'm right in the middle of something. Okay, just keep going. (laughs) Or set it for 10 more minutes. And then number five, what to do when you don't want to write? Talk it out aloud to yourself or to someone else. A lot of writing coaching sessions that I do, a busy, busy writer will say to me, I have no time to write, but I have a little idea percolating. And I'll say, awesome, let's go. Let's talk it out. And I'll say, tell me about it. Tell me about this idea. Oh, it's not fully formed. That's okay. Just what is it? Tell me who, what, where, when, why. Tell me, tell me. They start talking. And I start asking them questions. Oh, tell me more about that. How did that happen? But where? Why? When? We talk right the story. We talk it out so much that it becomes a fully formed story or scene or essay. And this is not just reserved for if you have a writing coach, although it's always helpful, (laughs) but really, truly, you know what I do? Why do you think I have this podcast? (laughs) I, in my early drafts, the ones I don't even send to my dear producer, Michelle, I talk it out to myself on my computer, my recording. I just record myself. And then sometimes I listen and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just need to talk it out to an audience, even if that audience is an audio software on my computer. And if you have no fancy audio software, just on Zoom or on voice memo on your phone, talk out your idea and then take that for a walk. Replay it, plug in your headphones, replay it, go for a walk. See what you hear. You get to then listen to it like an outsider. So you can just kind of get your phone, tap voice memo, and talk out your story. Oh, well, I want to write about the time when I went to the beach when I was a little girl and I saw that interesting bird and blah, blah, blah. And you start out by saying what you want to write and then it just becomes what you are writing about. And you just keep going like you're talking to a friend, just recording the whole time. You kind of forget your recording and you talk it out and you troubleshoot along the way and then you press stop. Then you take your headphones and you go for a walk and you listen. It requires no writing. It requires no typing. But what have you done? You have listened back. So there's actually kind of a 
part B to this, which is, can you write in any other medium besides writing? (laughs) Can you verbalize it? Can you draw it? Oftentimes I have writers storyboard something like a comic strip. Okay, what would scene A look like if you just drew it in one square? Okay, scene B, scene C, scene D, keep going. So there are many other ways to write without writing. (laughs) I hope that these ideas have been helpful. These are the tried and true things that in my 15 years of teaching creative writing have always worked. Always, always, without fail, one or all of these five things gets results for me, for all the writers I've worked with. So if you don't want to write, but you're a writer, (laughs) or you want to be a writer, and you feel like you keep getting writer's block, try out any of these five things. Idea gather or daydream. Do something creative with your hands. Take your story for a walk. Set your timer for 10 minutes and do either I remember, I don't remember, or I'm looking at, or talk out your story or share your story in a different medium. Draw, talk, record, whatever you'd like. So I hope that these tips have helped you. If you are looking to do a more creative mind flow, get yourself out of your ordinary routine and do something different for a few days to get the creative juices flowing, well, I'm leading another retreat. It's in November. It's in a warm, beautiful, sunny place. (laughs) I'll be announcing details soon. So you want to be part of my newsletter community. That's at nadiankennyjohnstone.com forward slash community. The people on that list find out everything first before anybody else. So that's where you'll want to go. So you'll be the first to know when I release those details. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Just take a screenshot or, you know, post it, tag us. It really means the world to me when you support the podcast by sharing it with other people because all I want is for creatives and seekers to be surrounded by love and joy and good ideas. So if you feel like anything good happened here today, please share with a friend. Thank you, my friend, Michelle Rado for always being amazing and making this podcast better. And remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.